Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The Gallant Few of Angels podcast is brought to you by Triple H Mortgages the one-stop shop for all your mortgage and mortgage insurance needs. Contact them today on 01453 887 179 or hello at hhhmortgages.com. You can also find them online at hhhmortgages.com or on their Facebook page. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and I'll be your host today as we look over another eventful week in the world of Rangers. Joining me to cover off all the news, views and scandal, Scott Hodge, how are you doing? Hi Colin, how are you? And Ian McCready, how are you Ian? I'm alright guys, afternoon. We'll start with Rangers 5-0-1 over Ross County. Ian, we've been on a, a pretty good run in terms of results, but I think this was the first time we've been excellent since probably the start of December. Um, how, how much did you enjoy yesterday? And was this just, was this maybe the team having a kick up the arse for last week, would you think? Oh, it was, yesterday was the most enjoyable game for a long time. Um, as, as far as, was it maybe a kick up the arse? It might have been because, you know, it's been, it was, I can't even remember when the Hibs game was now. Uh, but that was obviously the last time we dropped points. Uh, aye, so dropping points at Motherwell, prob- well, after dropping points at Hibs, we went on at 15, was it 15 wins in a row, didn't we, or something? Uh, so I think it might have been the kick up the arse, because it certainly happened the last time, uh, and we went on a great run, so hopefully that's the case again, that, we, that the that the Motherwell result sparks us on another good winning run. Scott, we've only got one game left in January, January being a particularly shite month in terms of weather results. Post Christmas uh, Blues, um, one more game against Hibs. So looks as if Rangers are. I don't want to jinx us, but we've got to come through fairly positive in January for the first time in a long time. Definitely, and just before we get started in January, not July, like I said in the last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
I do apologise. Good to hear that there is a few people listening to the end of the podcast. But um, yeah, no, definitely it's been positive. I think um, it's not been the best football, best football in month. Um, I think we could all admit that. But at the end of the day, I'd, I'd take one and ugly um, any day of the week. And if we can get a, a win against Hibs, it's a it's an absolutely superb month. And you know, we we always talk about this January dip. Yes, maybe a, a slight dip, but I would I would take that and only draw in one game in the month every day of the week. Absolutely. So only one change in the Rangers lineup yesterday. Ian Philip Pilander came in for Leon Barrigan. And so pretty much other than that, same uh, starting starting eleven, other than the centre half. Were any surprises about that? I think Barrigan was out due to a knock, but was it expected that we'd start with the same? Yeah, I think it's we're still at that stage where Jack and Ruth weren't quite fit enough to, to start, so the team kind of picks itself a wee bit. I'm never surprised when Hillander and Bargain swap, but it happens, um, and I'm fairly confident whenever either of them are playing. Uh, I think we tend to see Bargain playing when we expect the, the other team to have maybe a wee bit of pace up front. Um, but yeah, the, the Hillander coming in for Bargain, absolutely no worries about that, and as I say, the rest of the team, it's pretty much picking itself just now because of of Jack and Roof's um, just coming back for injury. Uh, pretty much picking itself, but again, I think we spoke about this a few times, it's so nice to have a, a, like a team that you need to play that you're comfortable with that rather than we, like the last couple of years, if we had two or three players out, then you're looking at John Flanagan right back. <laughs> um, so it's just such a difference in terms of our squad depth. Scott, I thought we looked up for this for minute one uh, in contrast to last week in Motherwell when we took about two days to get going. Uh, we could have been playing for playing until Tuesday against Motherwell and probably would never got the second goal, but I thought we we looked excellent from start to finish. Uh, started it with real intent. One player in particular, Ryan Kent, looked really sharp. I'm going to take this opportunity to issue a public apology. Before the game yesterday, I actually thought Kent needed a, a wee spell on the bench and I wanted to take him in and start. Uh, that he shut me up um, well and truly. On top of that, I've gave him pelters in quite a few podcasts for his heading ability. So, Scott, talk us through, um, talk us through his first role and what your thoughts on Kent. Uh, Kent, Kent was uh, Kent was spectacular. Uh, just going back to the, the point you made, like, you know, maybe not starting quickly against Motherwell. I think Gerard said it during the week, like, we started well against Aberdeen, but we dropped off. We didn't. Well, it's as if we can't find ninety minutes of good performance. We either have a good second half or a good first sixty minutes at Aberdeen. We take the the foot off the gas. Yesterday we 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 done it for ninety minutes, which was was really positive. It was positive to see. Going in Ryan Kent, Ryan Kent was you know looked back to his best. He's I think um, the Rangers TV coverage said that as well. Just the the start he had was so good. It's hard to keep the performance levels up, but he played it. He played it excellently. He was really creative. He worked hard as usual. Uh, the header we were we were pushing ourselves, aren't we? Because since day one, they just looked like somebody who is avoiding headers. And I think he had about three heading opportunities uh, throughout the game. But it was actually a really good finish. Like it was a looping header. I, I, I've not looked at it bad, but he's probably closed his eyes and just try <laughs> <laughs> a bit like yourself, Colin, try to hit the ball. So, um, but it was, a, it was a really good header, and he was brave. I actually really liked the 
the, the knockdown from Morelos. It was smart. I think Morelos is fairly decent in there, and I thought he maybe have went for it, but he just sort of laid it off to Kent and you know to, to go and do it. And the defenders seemed to. I think we had he had two people close to him, which left a bit of space for Kent as well to do it on. So it was a it was a really well worked uh, game of volleyball there. Yeah. Ian, it was a really well worked goal. Uh, Hadji gets the ball in from deep. Something that he'd done throughout the game very, very well, but passed the ball over to Tavernier, and this was the difference compared to last week. Tavernier takes one or two touches, but he gets the ball in early. He doesn't wait to, I don't know, he doesn't wait for the safe pass. He puts in a, you know, a bit of a gamble. Morelos has two players on him, and he has to win it, but that's the... I think that was the difference between last week we we were braver yesterday. The quality of the crossing was probably better as well. Um, I think we had the, we had loads of crosses against Motherwell, but they weren't all good quality. Whereas yesterday they seemed to be of a higher quality. I mean, there was a few. There was I remember one in particular. Well, just if MD's attacking at Barisic, just like almost blasted it across the goal, and the defenders made a cracking clearance, but. Just the quality of the balls in was much better. And I think Morelos, he's not the biggest guy, but I think he's he's so strong and, and good in the air that, like, why not throw him in? I mean, he, he makes good space a lot of the time. A lot of the time, it's more about his movement in the box rather than him being, like, a big, strong Mark Hately power-on-through defenders. It's, it's more about... Morelos finding that wee bit of space but he does well to hold off with, like you say he's got two defenders on him and he holds him off really well and I think the only thing he can do is nod it back for Kent and, and it's a brilliant wee knock back for Kent to score That's the influence of Morelos as well like he will get, he'll drag people out you know what I mean and create space for others which I think he's done well this season but it was, it was, it was good, good movement and as you say he'll draw them out he wasn't in the middle of the goal, he was far out and that creates the room for, for Kent to finish. So Rangers have a chance to make it two when Morelos and Kent both put pressure on the Ross County defence and uh, they end up shitting the bed a wee bit. Morelos robs the ball, was it Kent? One of them robbed the ball. Morelos ends up through one and one with the keeper uh, only to be brought down. So Scott, it's a clear penalty. It was a centre half, I guess, booked for it. Clear penalty, Tavernier steps up and it's a pretty poor penalty, mate, isn't it? Um, what's your thoughts on the penalty itself and how this leaves us with the penalty taker situation? That was poor. It was poor, I think, when when he missed, missed the. I think that's two in a row he's missed, but I think you just try to get it in target because he missed the target and it's just a it's just a poor penalty, really. Um, I don't know. I'm. I'm I think when you miss a few, you should. You know, we've got more more than enough technical players to to finish a penalty. I think for the good of Tavernier and unnecessary criticism, maybe take away a few penalties off. As I say, we've got plenty of players who could hit a penalty who are composed. Um, so I would be more than happy to see how we change a penalty taker. I mean. Obviously, it's not a huge impact missing a penalty when we win five 0 But you know, you need to look in big games like we might be nil nil and things like that, and it's a composed figure. But I'm sure there's there's plenty of people um, who could step up and take the penalty. Ian, the the other side of that argument, yes, he has missed two in a row, but before that, he had scored a nine in a row. Um, do you think 
do you think he should be off the penalties? Um, I'm very much right. I don't really, I'm never really buying into who's the best striker of a ball or who's the best finisher. I always think who's the most competent um, and the squad should put themselves forward for the penalty takers. Do we need to wait and see if, if Tavernier is still confident or does Gerard make that decision for him? It's a hard one, isn't it? It's, he's he done this before and we took him off the penalties and then we had, we had a wee bit of a struggle with him as well, didn't we? Um, and then he's came back on him this season and he's been absolutely perfect until the last couple of weeks. It's, I don't know, I think he's, I think like Scott says, he's, he's just trying to hit the target, but if he goes with his, his normal approach, because he's normally so good, he normally puts it right in the corner, and I think that's why he's missed. He, he's, he's usually so precise with it, pretty much hitting the post uh, when he's putting it in the corner, that he's he's lost a wee bit of confidence there to do that by putting it wide, so has his confidence gone? I think it might have, because he, he never puts them down the middle like that. He's always tight in the corner, Hitting the side net, um, so I think maybe his confidence has gone. And like you say, it's it's not about like if you look at players like Hazard, he doesn't strike a penalty hard. He's just very confident that he can outweigh the goalkeeper and and then tap it to the other side almost. Um, so I think Hadji's a I think Hadji's a very confident player. And we know he's he's confident on both feet, and we've seen him take penalties with both feet. Uh, so I'd say I'd put him on the penalties maybe I know I've said Barisic in the past um, and you've also Morelos again but uh, I don't know if I'd put him on the penalties but for me I'd, I'd be having Hadji at them now I think Tav's confidence is gone a wee bit just by not not sticking to his usual tactic and going kind of down the middle My only worry with Hadji is he well, we'll go come on to him today uh, later on today because I think he's putting a, a a very good claim to be in the first eleven uh, for the next few weeks with how he's been playing. But he's not guaranteed to be playing every week. Whereas Tavernier, your captain, your your main defender alongside Golson, that's my only worry. We having somebody like Hadji, but then again, you could potentially have um, you know a pecking order. So if Hadji's on, then he takes the penalties, and then a number two, then a number three. But Rangers didn't wait too long for their second goal. Another another corner, a cross in from Barisic uh, in a great area. And Philip Hollander, he leaps like a gazelle, Scott. Honestly, <laughs> what a, this was so majestic. Um, just fires it in the far post to the keeper. Um, we're not going to labour the point that Rangers are very good at set pieces because we've been saying it since July. Uh, but a question for you. I know you're a big fan of Balogun, but Hollander, is he better in there than Balogun? Is he a better threat for set pieces? I, th- I think so. I think going forward, we could, we could, obviously the the stats um, don't lie. Hollander scored some big goals for us. Um, obviously the the semi final last year, I think back to I think he scored a, a few in Europe. Scored yesterday, so I think he is more of a threat. I think Balogun's more. You know, defensively, he's more ag- aggressive when heading the ball. I, I, I seem to feel like he'll, he'll, you know, what I mean, if there was a brick wall, he would he would batter through that to win the header. But you know, I, I do feel as though maybe Hollander's movements maybe a bit better when attacking it. So, um, yeah, great, great header. Um, I do, I do think he has a big. Well, we seen yesterday two 
you know, the both centre half scoring from from set pieces, and when we have the quality of delivery from from especially Barisic, you know, yesterday, you know, but we are going to score goals from set pieces, but I guess you know, a bit old fashioned myself, I, I I would pick a centre, I would pick a centre half on who's going to defend the game better, know who's going to get us a goal from a corner. I know that's probably a bit of an old fashioned way to look at it, but. Um, I would. I'd be more concerned who's going to, you know, are they are strikers rather than picking somebody who's maybe going to get as a goal or a set piece. To be honest, but Holanda was superb. I said to you as well. You know, he was my man of the match. Actually, I thought he was terrific. I thought his positional positional sense was great. Obviously, scoring the goal um, made the game look, you know, really easy. And some mum had. Uh, sorry, Ross County had. A, I did have a couple of chances, but I thought uh, him and him and Golton done well. So. Yeah, it was a great performance from Hollander. Ian, the the Balogun Hollander debate is going to be for as long as they two and Golson are there, it's always going to be Hollander or Balogun. And it's, it's a good it's a good problem we have with one D play. I think Hollander plays better. Sorry, I think when Hollander plays, Golson plays better alongside him, but there's the argument that Balogun individually is Maybe being a bit more consistent than Hollander this year. What's your thoughts in the in the argument? I, I can see your point about the Golchin seems to play better. Um, it does seem to be Balogun's favoured when there's more pacey um, attackers about, which is understandable because I don't think Hollander's the quickest. Um, I think he reads the game really well, and you know, I mean, we've seen David Weir playing to forty odd, being just being able to read the game really well, so. Pace isn't necessarily always the main asset. I think maybe why he plays better when Hollander's there is it's the balance of a left footer um, rather than, you know, Balogun's always kind of almost coming back towards Goldson when he's got the ball to keep it on his right side. I think that it could be just as simple as that, that it's it's a more balanced um, defence that, that Hollander is left-footed. It's just as simple as that. There's also the argument that he is uh, the best ever Swedish player to play in Scotland. Um, that, that puts him <laughs> oh, in good no. Jonas Tern, come on. <laughs> Second <laughs> best then, sorry. How many did you forget? <laughs> Are we including uh, Carl Svensson in this as well? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe number four. <laughs> so, Rangers keep the pressure on after this goal and get the third goal ten minutes later. Tavenier bring the ball forward um, and it's a simple pass to Aribo Scott. Aribo's at the byline in the right-hand side of the Ross County goal. Some great, great uh, footwork here. Very quick feet, shuffles past two defenders and fires a brilliant left-footed strike into the far post. Keepers no chance. This is a great goal. It really is by another player who's probably had a bit of stick the last few weeks, um, really good to see him up up a gear. Yeah, yeah, a terrific goal. Footwork, I mean, his, his feet are absolutely <laughs> spectacular, aren't they? It's, he's so technically gifted. Um, just, I, he shouldn't, you know, where he picks the ball up, you you would never think he was going to, you know, score from there. Like, you just think he's maybe going to put it in the box, but he creates the space, the opportunity himself, and thing is we've seen him doing it against let's you know somebody a team near the bottom of the league but we can see him do that in Europe as against a top side like Braga last season so he's got the ability to do that 
you know, whether that be, you know, tire throws or I'm not, I mean, I don't mean to offend anyone. You know, I mean like somebody at the bottom of the SPFL against, you know, a top European side. So yeah, he's a he's a wonderful talent. And I think we just need to remember with with players like Aribo and Kent, they are gonna go through spells where they're in fire and they're gonna go through in spells where they're not as effective. But what what Gerard's installed is just a high work work ethic. Um so even if they're not, you know, these touches and passes aren't coming off or or, sh- or shots, I'm still gonna get good work create out of them and you know, top effort. But it was it was spectacular and it is good to see him getting back to form because this is where we really need them to, to kick on with the you know, Europe and, you know, potentially latter rounds of the cups and um in the league obviously to, to finish it up. Yeah, it's you just know somebody like Joe Rebo, once he retires, he's maybe got to play like uh, beach football or like <laughs> make a living out of five asides for 10, 15 years as well. He's just, he is the ultimate fives player. <laughs> he, he really is. But Ian, um, that's that's a good point Straw makes about for the bare minimum you'll get for any of our midfielders for the majority of the time will be, will be hard work. They'll put the effort in, you know, they'll they'll put a hundred percent in. But what's good, you know, what for the, the business end of the season, if you like, we're going to the second half of the season. Europe's coming up as well. Ryan Jack's back in the fold. Hopefully Scott Arfield is gonna be back around February time. As much as the bare minimum you'll get is a hundred percent, all your midfielders bring something different. But I think Joe Arebo's the only the only midfielder we, we have really who can do stuff like that. Yeah, not well, are we are we saying what are we saying? Kent is. Are we yeah. saying he's a, a forward or is he a midfielder? Because I could see Kent doing that as well, dropping the shoulder, beating the man, and then firing it in the far post. But I, I don't think there's any more than Kent. Um, but yeah, I, I, well, I think Aribo's maybe the only man who could beat four or five men. <laughs> um, but I'm expecting to see that goal on um, showboating on Soccer AM next week. Because that's just that's just a brilliant goal. I think what you're saying about the midfield and the the effort as well. I think you're not going to play unless you're given a hundred percent. Because now that Jack's back and Zungu and I mean, once we've got everybody fit, if you're not given at least a hundred percent, you're you're absolutely not going to be playing. So, like the bare minimum. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Is 100% effort, or as I say, you will be nowhere on the other team because Gerald just won't allow it. 
I think it's seen the, the coverage yesterday as well. They, they picked up on it. It was like, I think we were 2 or 3 0 up, and I think we lost the ball in the attacking area. And you've seen the work rate that they got in just to like win the ball back. And it was almost like, I think it was like a five second turnaround. They lost possession, they were on them, got the ball back, and we, you know, just start moving the ball again. It's really good to see. And as, as the point I made, you know, like they might not be playing the best football at times but we'll always get that work ethic and that's got to I think that's the difference between this season and last season it's going to you know we're, turn, we're winning ugly we're doing that side of the game even if we're not playing well our, our confidence is down slightly The last comment on uh, Aribo's goal Sky Sports have gave Tavnir the assist <laughs> 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 I think it's the easiest assist you'll ever be credited for <laughs> Um, a five-yard pass, and then the show does all the work. But fair news, you'll you'll take them. Um, so in the sixty-first minute, Rangers have been able to make four changes. So off goes Joe Rebo, Glenn Kamara, Steve Davis, and Alfredo Morelos, and on comes Zungu, Jack Defoe, and Atim Scott. It was really good to be in that position and. Aye, to make for more four subs, but it's not as if it's a weakened team going out. It's um, for all the, all the subs had an impact, and it's I just been able to as we lost been a bit last week with Mullerwell, no start before putting the putting the foot in the throat and putting ourselves in this position to give players minutes. No, definitely, it's um, it's a bit of a you need you want to keep these players match fit. Like Zungu's not played a lot of football this season. Jack's obviously needing the minutes, but you know you don't want to kill off the game, and you want to keep the the pressure on. But I thought we'd done that well. I was actually really imp- impressed with Mzungu. I thought I thought he, some of the touches he had yesterday looked great. He, I, again, I said to you, like you know, it was like he was receiving the ball in tight areas, and he was just able to spin the defender and get a pass away. Um, he's looking. I think he's looking good, but yeah, as you say, everybody came on, made an impact. Itten worked hard. He knows that he needs to work to get a starting place. Defoe, a good few touches, maybe, you know, it's hard, obviously, when you're, you know, the leading so comfortably for a poacher to make an impact, but he done, he done his bit. Jack was, was superb, so he hadn't been away, <laughs> to be honest. Um, you know, the, the goal he scored was... I wanted to say it was a you know special goal, but we've seen it. It was like we scored a similar team goal at Aberdeen, and it was just it was it was spectacular. And he had a big part. I know obviously he finished it, but he had a big part. I'm sure we're going to come on to it just now. But he had played a big part on um, on on creating the goal. Never mind scoring it. No, absolutely, and it leads us nicely on to the next point, Ian. Uh, Rangers fourth goal. It, it felt it felt like we had the ball for about twenty minutes. Um, Ryan Jack actually. Starts uh, the move off, winning the winning the ball back on the edge of the Rangers box. Come back to what we were talking about earlier. Just that relentless, that that pressure every time we lose the ball, and the team just pass and move their way across and up the pitch. Uh, some really good, really good passing from Zungu and Jack and Tavernier, and some brilliant dropping deep from Itten and Defoe. One goes, one goes long, and eventually Hadji. Uh, Hadji gets into the box and cuts the ball back to Ryan Jack, who finished off with a cool, cool left-footed finishing. Aye, uh, this was a. I think Gerard uh, said this was his uh, favourite goal in the, the game. It was really a joy to watch, wasn't it? Oh, it was, it was brilliant. Just team play. It's uh, 
and it's it's quick as well. Like I think we've, we've moaned about that a couple of times about like we're taking too much time and but see when we move it quick and everybody's having one and two touches and like it's just teams just kind of live with that. Like when we are in full flow like that, so just to get the ball moving quickly, as I say, one two touch pass move, and then Jack's finish is tremendous considering it's on his left foot and I think Ryan Jack even said himself he didn't know left foot what he's what his left foot worked. So um it's a cracking finish. It's like a finish that like any of the forward players would be in proud of I think taking it first time on your bad foot. Um but I just tremendous play the whole way up. Um and like it's, as you say it's it's not just about you said about the four and a ten one came one went. It's that movement as well even though you're not getting the ball necessarily, that movement of the team is, is just moving players like chess pieces and, and eventually at least to, to, to Jack scoring. I think, I see, see when you're talking about the one, two touch pass, and I think it's, it's, it was very similar to Aberdeen. I feel as though like we're just keeping the ball comfortably, you know, getting a feel for the ball, one, two touch passing, and, and it's almost as if like, it's like a, a, you know I mean, like a button press and they just go you know, on press and like with real intensity, and it was lovely. Like, so uh, that's what I mean. Like, it's just like they're getting a hold of it. You know, like feel of the ball, one two passes, getting everybody involved, and then they just like turn a screw and go with intensity. And it's like almost like as if you're catching that other team off guard. And as you say, like Hadji, Hadji was terrific. Like, you know, somebody's passing, and he seems to be working a lot harder as well. And it's it's pro- probably a bit understandable. Like coming to the Scottish League, as we can see, like. Better players than Hadji have came and you know found it tough. So like it's only natural for him like to you know it's it's a tough aggressive league and he's getting involved with the dirty work now while having that bit of class. So he's been playing brilliantly and maybe that's what you needed a wee bit just a wee bit of a few weeks when you're not automatically starting. You know what I mean? Maybe he's not getting comfortable like he's playing every week, but like maybe just a bit of time to, to step back and he, he looks like a completely different player and like the one that we've seen like cause was such a spark when he came. So it's a terrific team goal. Just on the kind of the intensity of the running there, it, it just when we were talking about that, do you remember the training clip for when Gerard first first joined and I think they were in the training camp in Spain and there was, a, there was a video and I think he was shouting the wind ass and he was going, you run with purpose, get it in your head. That's what it reminded me of yesterday. Um, and it's, we see that off the ball as well in Europe, but as like yesterday everything clicked. It was just, we were running with purpose, with intensity on Hadji. For me, Ian, he was my man of the match yesterday. I think uh, if you start to finish him, we say this all the time about him. He wants the ball all the time, and it's not about being greedy. It's he has the confidence and the ability that when he gets the ball, he knows nine out of ten, nine out of ten times he's going to he's going to start a move or make something happen. And I think every time he got the ball, it was forward thinking. If you look at the, he came in deep for the first goal, um, got the ball quickly out to Tavney across it and. Um, he was instrumental in this fourth goal as well. I, he was my man in the match. Yeah, I thought he had a cracking game as well. And like, I think he, he's, I think he got a bad, uh, a bad rep for not working hard enough. I always thought he did work hard, but I think we did. We maybe did see that effort. Maybe, <coughs> sorry, we did see that effort go up a level. Um, and maybe that's why he's come out of the team because Gerald hasn't felt like he's working hard enough. And you know. 
recently when he's been back in the team, he's he's been working harder and he's been playing really well and, and been very influential in the game. I felt he played more as a number ten yesterday. I, I, I felt he wasn't quite so out on the right and uh Joe Rebo was able to get up the right a wee bit more and maybe like maybe a four, two, three, one more more yesterday. Because Hadji was definitely a lot more central. Um and, and I think he's in that set we've said it so many times that he's a number ten. I think we've seen that yesterday that he, his influence when he gets in that centre, he's just as you say, his head's always up. And, and what I really like about him is he gets booted from one side of the pitch to the other, but he doesn't roll about. He doesn't make a big fuss. Oh, he gets up, has a wee wince, and just gets on with it. It's I like that. I don't want to see a player rolling about like it's there's no need for it. But nobody probably gets kicked more than Hadji. No, I think that's something that's that is like instilled for the team as well. I know I think the worst for it was probably the worst two for it last season were probably Borna Barisic and Andy Halliday. Andy Halliday would always like thump the ground about twenty times um, any time he went to it, but you don't really see that anymore. Sure, I see likes a wee bit of a <laughs> He, he, he takes his kicks, but he will he'll go over. A, a, especially against Celtic, I'm sure he takes a wee. Uh, I mean, wee rumble. <laughs> I mean, players who aren't psychopaths. There's some deeper mental issues with Alfredo Morelos we need to address. Um, other than that, but for the most part, if you think about the a kind of a slight players like Kent, Hadji, even Aribo, who's like no, he's no, he's no the broadest of players. Um, I, they they do stand up and be counting for the most part. <laughs> no, I, I, it's, it's actually funny you say that. I was watching the Braga away game and it was Kent's goal that he, that he scored. Um, and he, he, I, I don't know why I was watching that this morning, but he, like, he sort of took a kick before his goal. It was Hadji's ball over the top and that there. And he could have easily went down. That was a red card offence like, when the defender was coming back. So it's a good good point. Um, I don't think any, any fan of a club would like to see their player do five roly-polies and like... Slap the ground, and you know what I mean. It's just, I think it shows a bit of weakness. I think like the 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 biggest, the best way to like, stand up to getting kicked is just to get up and just show it doesn't affect you. And I think we do that really well, to be fair. We do. So Rangers got their fifth goal from another Barisic corner. This time it was corner goals, and they came and met the cross. The game was already done, dusted by this point, Scott, but. Great to get the the goal difference up as well. What was most pleasing for me for the last twenty minutes was, like, albeit the tempo did drop slightly, but it's not as if we we've seen in the past when we make three four subs, we let the game kind of get out of control and it goes flat. I thought we kept the tempo up. I thought Nathan Patterson had a decent game as well. Yeah, great, great. I I know we've not seen much of him, but. He looked really good, really good in the ball, really quick, you know, good reactions as well. I feel as though, like, you see, like, if, I'm sure he went up for like, a header and he didn't know where it was going. He was just, he was on to it like a flash. He was, he looked really good going forward. Should the challenge we have, hope, this is why we want to win the league as early as possible, really, so we can give Nathan Patterson, you know, Kieran Dixon, who we're going to come on to a bit later, give him some minutes because. We don't know how good he's going to be, obviously, at the moment. And, you know, we've got this age-old question. Do we want to send him in loan or do we want to keep him near the first team? Well, you know, this will be perfect perfect opportunities to play against, you know, the likes of 
Ross County and things like that. If we get the league sewn up early, so that is it's for the benefit of the full club that we can give you know Nathan Patterson forty five sixty minutes. Even it'll make such a difference to these youngsters, and then it gives us the a better view going on to next season. Like, right, does he need to go to an SPFL club and get a full season behind him, or is he really going to come here and you know challenge Tavernier for like a, a starting place? So you mentioned about winning the league as early as we can, Ian. Yesterday's result leaves us 23 points ahead in the league table. And we said time and time again that it's all about what we do. Nothing else really matters if we do our business. But having said that, it's really nice to see that Celtic are so shy. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, I don't really know how to come back to that. I, it's just brilliant to see that they're, they're, they're just absolutely thrown it away. I mean, yeah. Like it's obviously in our own hands, and we're not going to throw this away. And I'd said if we get through January, that's it done because we get, we had Aberdeen, Motherwell, and Hibs all away in January. And once I think, do you know what I mean? Once that once the fixtures are done, you imagine post split, like right, we're definitely not uh, getting three away games at Parkhead, so we're definitely getting Celtic at Ibrox. We've played Aberdeen and Hibs away twice, so we should really get them both at Ibrox as well. So, you know, when you look at the post-split fixtures as well, well, we should be looking at having the three hardest games at home. So, I, th- I felt that January getting, if we get past Hibs winning, that's it. Definitely done for me. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's definitely done yet as much as I, I believe it is. I think we've got one more game and that's Hibs for me. And if we get past Hibs, we are win. That's it. Celtic should just chuck it. And just don't bother coming back. Go back to Dubai and just finish off the holiday. <laughs> right. so, so Scott, nine nine wins is all it's needed. Um, that's it. And that's the maximum we'll need. To, um, it all depends. Oh, be brilliant if we won ten in a row. If he won the league, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Those people love each thunder. <laughs> so, starting. Starting with have Scott, I would they need to be relentless when they keep it on. Would you would you change much of the team for that started yesterday for Hibs and Wednesday night? I don't think so, no. I don't I think the only the only really decisions that we have to make is is Balgan or Hollander potentially Jack for one of the midfielders, I'd say. I don't I wouldn't throw Roof into a game like Hibs, to be honest with you, but you know, maybe another few days training and things like that. It could be coming off the bench, but maybe a couple of changes. Um, to be honest, I don't, I don't know how tired Davis is going to be. He's played, you know, a lot of football. It would have helped offloading them at sixty minutes um, in Saturday's game, but potentially Jack in there. In terms of Hibs, I would probably want to go with Balian. If I, I don't know who's fit for them or not, but you know, they've got. Quick strikers and um, I think Balgan and maybe Gerard had a bit of an eye on that game as well, thinking keep Balgan fresh for that game because I think this is a game he'll be more suited to. But no, I can't expect any wholesale changes. Really good result. I would probably be looking to change as little as possible because people will be buzzing after the 5 0 win, best performance in a long time as well. Yeah, um, I'm inclined to. Keep the changes to the minimum as well. I, I think a 
I can see maybe Balogun coming back in for Hillander, but Ian, if, if Jack does come in, the problem I'd, I'd have is who do you drop? Yeah, it's it's one of two, isn't it? It's either Hadji or Aribo. Um, uh, it's just so hard to toss a coin, I think. Um, I, I, do you know what? I'd maybe be in, inclined to bring Jack back in myself because we've seen uh, last time we played Hibs, they had a bit of joy down the, the outside, didn't they? And there was one point I remember where it kind of we'd been saying about Jack covering the right hand side, and there was one point it was quite late in the game, about eighty five minutes or something. Patterson was up the park, and Jack came back and covered the right back position, and it was just like, well, that's what we've been missing that cover from from Jack, who knows that position really well and and gets over on covers. So maybe I'd be tempted to play Jack for that because, as I say, Hibs had a bit of, a bit of joy around the outside last time, so it doesn't weaken the midfield any. I think it gives us that that cover where Jack's more used to covering the right back position. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think if I'm a better man, Ryan Jack does come in to the starting lineup, but it will be interesting to see uh, who who yeah. goes up against him. So last few things we'll cover. Uh, papers began reporting last night that the deal to sign bear with me while I try and pronounce this. <laughs> Monday. Ophobo from Bournemouth. Um, apparently, according to the Sun and the Daily Record, this is a done deal on a pre-contact, so take that with a pinch of salt. I'm not going to put either of you on the spot and ask you what do you think. Of <laughs> I don't imagine you're looking at 21-year-olds from Bournemouth regularly, but Scott, it's good to see business getting done in January, and um, by the way, a young player won't, you know, we won't have a fee for them, so if it's if it's a player that the what, the management team are a fan of, then it's it's a good bit of business if it goes through. Definitely, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 a big fan of pre contracts. I think we've been been really successful with them. Um in terms, well, obviously it's it's less risk, you know, you're not paying a fee, but it certainly seems to be but what I've what I've been overly impressed with like the the transfer business is is we get it done so early. So you look at who we brought in the summer, like all our deals are majority done at the start of the window, and you look across the city and they they just seem to be, you know, <laughs> coming up with names and panic buying at the at, at the time. Like you look at Barcas, for example, that they signed, and I, I don't want to compare apples to oranges, but like they are. You know, they just they need a keeper. They see that one. They just seem to buy it. No, no research are going into this. It looks as though the business that we are doing is a lot more sensible. You know, like we're bringing in these pre-contracts, and um, you know, it'll be exciting to see. It looks um, in terms of his physique and everything. He looks, you know, like a really athlete's type figure. You know what I mean? So he's, he's built like the side of Edmondson. <laughs> uh, he's a black George Edmondson. He's absolutely huge. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, do we know much about him? No, um, but then again, like, did we know much about Joe Aribo and look at the player he turned into? So I have full trust in them and, you know, getting this business done early, it just makes such a difference when they're coming in day one of pre-season and, you know, like, they can build and get to know what the club's all about. Yeah, I think uh, that's that's something that is apparent with Rangers' transfer business. I think they, they plan for every eventuality. So, for example, if Tavernier goes, I've no doubt in my mind that they have a, a first choice, a second choice, a third or fourth, and they keep tabs and players for when they'll become available. Um, I think that's why you see so many 
links in the papers that Rangers have been in talks or Rangers are inquired about X player. I think Rangers shortlist is maybe like a hundred odd players long because they plan for every eventuality. Ian, um, as much as it's good to be having one eye on next season, which I think this signing will be, because Rangers are, let's be realistic, Rangers are going to have to let go of some of our bigger name players this summer. Um, we've probably been lucky that we've kept on to most of them for so long. But do you think we need anyone in this window to strengthen the squad? Are you happy? I'd be happy to plough through with the squad we've got. I think we've shown that when we're pretty much down to the bare bones, that the players that come in are more than capable. I think we've got a couple of good youth players that we could have on the bench. And I just, I don't want to sign a player to sit on the bench either. Um, or just not be in the squad because you look at the squad as well and you're like, well, whose place is he actually going to take in the squad? So I'd, I would stick with what we've got unless somebody ridiculous like Gareth Bale becomes available. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'd, unless, unless we sign a player who's going to walk into our team, which is highly unlikely, um, I wouldn't be trying to sign MD if I was, uh, if I'm making a signing, I want it to improve the team. I I, just, I don't want to add another player to the squad just for the sake of it. Like you said, well, you're saying there about recruitment, I think since Ross Wilson's come in, our recruitment's been absolutely spot on. I don't think we've... I can't think of a, a signing that you just go, no, just definitely hadn't worked. And if you look at the summer, it's weird how our summer signings and Celtic summer signings we were pretty much signing the exact same positions. And McLaughlin's much better than Varkas. We got him for nothing. Balogun's much better than Duffy. We got him for nothing. Bassey, eh, I, I, you know, I wouldn't swap him for Laxalt. So he's, in my opinion, he's better than Laxalt. And how much, I don't know how much they're paying Milan to have him on loan. We got him for peanuts. Hadji, Turnbull, Turnbull's probably their only bright spot this season. So, but we've paid the same amount of money as they've paid for a Scottish player and we've we bought a Romanian international um, who I, I think has got a lot more potential. Striker, a jetty. He came in and had a decent little start, didn't he? And then he's just, well, I've not seen him since. And then we've seen Kamar Roof and just, like, again, he's just so much better than a jetty. So it's it's funny how it worked out. We pretty much signed the exact, exact same positions and just everyone else has been so much better than theirs. I say maybe with the exception of Turnbull, but I don't think he's been better than Hadji. He's just probably the only signing that's worked out for them. Um, but our recruitment's been absolutely spot on. Yeah, and it's going back to what Scott was mentioning there, is the difference in the setup. Now, we, we are planning months in advance for potential eventualities, and that means when the, the time comes up that we need like a striker like Itton or whoever, that we've done a homework already, we know we know like, every signing is still a gamble, but we know that the risks we're taking and we know the type of player we think we're bringing in, whereas... They need a keeper, so they just uh, they go and football manager and or Google. <laughs> football manager. Um, Did they not sign him because he played well against them in the Champions League? Was that what it was? <laughs> I remember his interview like two weeks after uh, two weeks after signing, saying he, he he wants to one day play in midfield. <laughs> Does he like playing goals? <laughs> 
they signed a keeper who doesn't want to be a keeper. Um, it was, I, I, I seen it as well when, when Celtic were playing AC Milan. They said AC Milan were in for them as well, but it must have been complete paper talk. Like, like AC Milan were apparently looking at him and you know, Celtic done so well, but you can just tell it's his agent going like, oh, aye, AC Milan want me, you better buy me quick, and then they've just been like, <laughs> the door, and it must be good. <laughs> it must be class being a football agent, just like, your success is de- determined on how well you can bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> must be, there's some good agents out there, must have the same, same agent as that Chupa Moting Oh, right. yeah, <laughs> guys, going from Stoke to Paris Saint Germain to Bayern Munich, you're just <laughs> impossible. <laughs> and he's he's the guy that, in my opinion, has one of the worst misses in football history. You must have seen it if you haven't. Trooper Moting miss, just Google. <laughs> so last uh, last couple of things, just on uh, when we were talking about young players uh, uh, giving them a chance this season as well, I thought we'd maybe cover off some. Some of the youth players are out on loan, so it's been a pretty good weekend. Uh, Reese Breen, James Maxwell, sorry, Jamie Maxwell, Josh McPake, um, all seemingly do well for their respective clubs, but I think the standout, Ian, seems to have been Kai Kennedy. He got man of the match in his first game for Rafe Rovers yesterday in a 3-2 win over Hearts. Aye, it looks as if he terrorised uh, the Edinburgh club. Sorry, I sounded like a proper journal there. Oh, the Edinburgh Club does. <laughs> Apologies. But no, that's um, it's good to see Kai Kennedy, like, n- not just this game, but from the start of the season, he's now focusing on football. I think this is a player we should be looking to get in and around the squad in the summer. Absolutely. I think he's one of the few players that we've sent out on loan who's actually having an impact. And that's what we need. We need these guys going down a division and having an impact. Because if they're not having an impact, they're, they're, they're not going to be anywhere near our first team. So, yeah, it's brilliant to see that, that he's signed a new contract, he's gone and joined Wraith, and then he's, he's had a brilliant performance against Arts, who are one of the top teams in that league. So, um, it's good to see that he's, he's, he's going to go and he's, he's, hopefully he'll kick on and have an impact and come back. And, you know, I'd have him over Brandon Barker any day. I've seen more. Right now, I'd have Kai Kennedy in the squad ahead of Brandon Barker. I've seen more from Kai Kennedy in the few Petrofat Cup games that I was at last year to justify having Kai Kennedy in that Rangers squad right now over Brandon Barker. So I just hope that that's the case. We'll put Barker at the door and and have Kai Kennedy take his place in the squad at least. Uh, but I think he's, he's, such a, he's such an intelligent wee player for somebody so young and um, he's so good on the ball. As well, like, and a couple of the times watching him, it was like the other players in the youth team just didn't do what he wanted. It's like make the run, I'm going to pass it, and you, the run just wasn't there. So I think he's he's, he's intelligent ahead of his years. So hopefully, I he comes back and and I can have a a part to play in the squad next season. Well, another player who's went out and won um, this window, Dapo and Budi, has went along to Queen of the South. Um, his deal actually expires. His contract, sorry, expires with Rangers in the summer. So this is a weird one. He's somebody who we've all heard a lot of noise about for the last maybe two, three years, but he's never really, I don't know, he's never really lived up to it. But he has a cult level, and he's just not really made the the jump as of yet. 
being out on loan for his last six months, is this him on his way out, do you think? It probably is, I It's probably... It's maybe giving the boy a chance as well. Like, he gets a chance to play... Um, you know, some, some first-team football and put himself in the the shop window to, to pick up a contract, which is it's actually nice of the club to do. You know, I'm, I'm sure he's been at Rangers for, for years and years as a youngster. I, I didn't even I didn't realise his brother um, actually plays for Man City now, do you know what? Aye. Aye, so, um, as I say, it's probably a nice thing, to, nice thing to do in terms, you know, I think... It's maybe a bit of protection as well. If he if he goes out and absolute storms the league, then we sign him up on a contract and we can see what he's all about. If not, you know, I'm sure there'll be he'll get an opportunity at another club, you know, that is this a chance for coming to the south to take him on a permanent basis or something, you know. So um yeah, fingers crossed there's a good loan spell and you know I, just the we talked about it a few months ago, like we want we want to make Rangers Academy the most, you know, Attractive, so we want to see people go on after Rangers and have a good career. So, you know, maybe this is the opportunity he needs, and um, you know, best of luck to him as well. No, absolutely, best of luck to him. And I think it's interesting, like the academy coaches and that now talk about a duty of care for the players that won't make it because there's only got to be a small, a small percentage of players that do make it for the academy any of the first team. But you're right, just make sure we don't just leave these guys to like out in the wilderness, like helping them for the. For their next move, make sure they're set up and they're going about it the right way because we do want to build a reputation that even if you don't make it, then you know, or if if you come through the Rangers Academy, you're still going to have a decent career. Before we begin to wrap up, it's time to announce our giveaway winner. A massive thank you to Geek Illustrations for providing the famed photo of the, the Rangers heroes and icons from well, both past and present. This uh, photo was actually drawn, all the all the figures in, drawn in the shape of Ibrox. It's very nice. Check them out, uh, Geek Illustrations on Instagram and on the Etsy webpage. Thanks to everyone who took part in the giveaway. There was some mixed responses, but um, this caught me off guard. Uh, somebody actually quote tweeted that um, legends, question mark. I don't remember Broxy scoring any streamers at Ibrox. Shambles. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that's a bit harsh in Broxy. I think we are we mosaic with that alongside Bill Struth, Walter Smith, Broxy's in the middle. I thought it was fair enough to include him, no. Oh, he's been there at all the big games, aye, definitely. That's um aye. Maybe somebody just um, annoyed you and walked down that Broxy's maybe at the side of the pitch and we'll know. <laughs> but can you please everybody the aye the the, the joys of joys of showbiz maybe? Yeah. But anyway, a massive well done to John Cumming and congratulations. Um, John Cumming retweeted us and shared it on Twitter and he is the winner of the framed photo. John will be in touch uh, today to get this sent out to you. So thanks again to John and everybody else who took part. So let's round off the week with Twitter patter of the week. Your chance to bring... Bring the fold the funniest thing you've seen on social media or on telly or whatever Rangers related, it's gave you a wee chuckle. So, Ian, kick us off. What do you have for us? Uh, well, my favourite thing came from Livingston FC, and it was after the Celtic match, they tweeted out 10 IAR, 10th <laughs> consecutive game without defeat. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant, just ultimate shit, how is it? 
did you see the replies to that? They were spewing people, like Celtic fans were replying to that, this is a disgrace, this comes via an official club account, delete this now. <laughs> Scott, <laughs> what do yeah, so mine's was actually uh, Evan McFarlane, so he said Shane Duffy is Sasha Baron Cohen's finest work yet. This is actually sent to us in a group chat. It's, um, it's two tweets from a page, Everything Celtic, at About Celtic, if you're looking for them on Twitter. First tweet comes at 21.55 on Wednesday night. Love that from Brown. The kind of aggression we're needing. A Celtic man. Celtic in capital letters. One minute later, there's your captain. Last ten minutes chasing a goal and he gives the referee that decision to make. (laughs) (laughs) From the same account. I enjoyed that. So, that's uh, that'll that'll do us for this week. Um, Also, I have to do is thank my two co-hosts, Mr Ian McCready, first of all. Thanks for having us. And Scott Hodge. Cheers, lads. Yep, and we'll be back to give you the roundup from the Hibs game after Wednesday in January, not July. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening. Take care. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.